following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes. This is the Angel Espino Show, Inside the Jackal's Head. That's right, back at you here from SoFlo Radio, PSN Radio, and all over the internet. This is another glorious day in paradise. Tonight is August 27, 2023. This is episode number 3. Hundred. That's right, this is number 300 officially. We've hit the big three zero zero. Thank you very much. That's officially on the SoundCloud because, as I've said before, thanks to GoDaddy, there's a lot of shows that are missing from the archive. Pretty the SoundCloud, but officially... Inside the Jackal's Head has now 300 episodes locked into the SoundCloud. Thank you very much. As of right now, we're sitting on the big 300. Like usual, we have a lot of things to cover. Uh, this uh, It's been a really tough week for me, so I'm going to get into some of the stuff that's been going on with uh, my family in, in a minute here. i got some news and, and clips I want to play for you guys. Uh, this is uh, going to be a, kind of a weird show because of that. No guest on tonight. Uh, like I said, I'm not having guests on until next month when I start, you know, uh, bringing back the, uh, the guests onto the show. And uh, right now, this is news and information and besides my family stuff, there's been a lot of stuff to cover on the news. Of course, you know, we uh, could talk about things like, oh, I don't know, little things that happen like certain uh, president uh, getting a mugshot, for example, this week. Do it, dog! And, uh, man, it broke the internet. The only thing I think would come close to it would be the Tucker Carlson Donald Trump interview. That broke the world, my friends. When I say that broke the world, I'm not kidding. The ratings on that, I mean, remember, we have what, 200, 300 million people in the U.S. legally? Eh. More or less. Uh, There's definitely at least 250 to 280 legally at this point, give or take. Remember, people die and people are born every day in this country. So, and in other parts of the world, obviously. But um, with that being said, we have to remember that when you look at a video like the Tucker Carlson and Trump interview... And you see that it's reaching 300 million views. Um, That's more than the population legally or um, 
citizen-wise in the U.S., that means people are watching this thing on repeat, which is a great thing. They're trying to, you know, get all the information that Trump and Tucker talked about and make sure they didn't miss anything. It smoked the GOP debates. Part of the clips I'm going to play for you later are directly from the debate, including a most hilarious rap song that came out, <laughs> which uh, they're, they're saying, it, it's Trump, right? This is Trump rapping. Now, most likely this was done using AI, because Trump is not a rapper, like the... Uh, YouTube video, but I'm not a rapper. Well, Trump isn't a rapper, so most likely this is using AI. I haven't done too much homework on it, but I heard it, and I saw the video, and I seen reactions to it. Everybody loves it. It's it's a number one hit. I mean, yeah, he goes hard, whether it's him or it's an AI, it goes hard at his enemies. So hard, it's going to be the first thing I play. By the way, it's that's how hard it is. So I got that to play. Um, I also have Marjorie Taylor Greene exploding on uh, Fanny, Bo Fanny, Puff Fanny, Mo Manny, Fanny Willis. Uh, what you talking about, Willis? Up in uh, GA, who man, if anybody deserves to be impeached, thrown in prison, and just beat down on a daily basis is this bitch. Look, Fannie Willis uh, went all in on Trump from the beginning. Atlanta is a disaster. They're losing the hood because of this uh, mugshot. By the way, that's not good for the Democrats because the hood's starting to wake up. That's right. The hood is turning for Trump. I got audio on that. But Margie Taylor Green, man, she turned it up. I mean, fire at uh, Fanny for Fanny, Banny, Bobanny, Dummy Willis. What you talking about, Willis? I'm going to make a remix out of that. Maybe I'll have a number one hit. What do you think? Yeah, probably not. You got to hear how uh, Mr. Biden refers to Mayor Pete. You know, Mayor Pete, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. I call him Booty Guy. But because he is, um, but <laughs> Joe Biden <laughs> in his political gaffes uh, really turned this one uh, funny. And I-, I think I might retire booty guy and go with Biden's uh, name for him. You got to hear it. I'm going to give you a hint because, you know, I- I'm-, I'm just going to tell you what it is. When you hear it, you kind of have it in your mind. Because Biden is kind of hard to hear. But he calls Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He calls him Booty Juice. I don't think he even says Mayor Pete. He says uh, uh, Booty Juice. It's something along. You, you got to hear it. It's hysterical. I don't mean to make fun. But the president is. I mean Booty Juice. Really? I mean you guys got to hear it. Uh, let's see, I got uh, uh, a clip you got to hear from the, uh, you know, debate, the GOP debate. This is uh, Mike Pence and Vivek Ramaswamy going at it. 
And what is hysterical about this is, you know, not anybody in particular knew who Ramaswamy was. Uh, anybody uh, who tells you, oh yeah, I've known about him for years, is either lying to you or he has no life. Because this guy just came out of nowhere. He's trailing like three in the GOP behind Trump. And then there's a huge gap. And then you have Ron DeSantis, the sanctimonious. We have a clip of somebody saying he got manhandled, which he did. <laughs> I mean, the debate was pretty fucked up, I'm going to tell you. The only one that came out a winner out of that debate was Trump. Because even Vivek Ramaswamy, when they asked, uh, uh, if you become president, will you uh, pardon Donald Trump? Vivek was the first motherfucker in the room to raise his hand. And he raised it like a kid in the playground saying, Oh, pick me. Oh, oh, me, me. That's what it, it looked like. And then you had everybody else on, funny enough, on my right side, their left side, raise their hands like dominoes, right? And then you had uh, this moron here, Ron DeSantimonious, who I used to like, man, but everything he does now is like annoying as shit. You know, like, he looked around the stage like, uh, what's everybody doing? Okay, I'll, I'll raise my hand now. Now look, the most bold thing that Ron DeSantis could have done is not raise his hand at all. If he would have kept his hand down, it would have been better for him, better for his campaign, better for everybody. Because it would have shown him as a leader. You know, Vivek, when he raises his hand, and then everybody else follows the suit, shows that he's like the leader of the bunch, right? Remember uh, the videos that Trump, uh, when he was like meeting with the heads of states, or even with Steve Harvey and, and people in the news, he would always walk and then push his way forward in the, in the line. Remember that? That's done for optical reasons. It's, it's a mind psyop. Okay? This is Trump playing 4D chess saying, I'm the president. I'm the man. I got the, the cojones here. This is my testicular fortitude in front of all these guys. And that's why we love Trump. Because he's a president with balls. And Vivek was the first motherfucker saying, I've got balls of steel. Like, the dude speaks very well. There's a clip circulating that shows how he might have plagiarized some of uh, Obama's uh, things like, what is the guy with a goofy name and uh, you know, brown face uh, doing up here on stage and uh, talking yada, yada, yada. Th that whole spiel, right? So they're saying he plagiarized some of that? Well, perhaps, maybe. In everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie noticed something sounded a little too familiar in Vivek Ramaswamy's opening comments on the Republican primary debate stage. The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. 
Christie claimed Ramaswamy ripped off Barack Obama's 2004 Democratic National Convention keynote speech ahead of his own presidential run. The hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him too. Ramaswamy clapped back at Christie with a dig about photos of the former governor and Obama embracing when the then president came to New Jersey after Superstorm Sandy in 2012. Give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same time amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just like you did to Obama too. Give me that the same hug, type of amateur. It's not the first time somebody's plagiarized uh, some uh, Joe Biden. For example, like you remember in 1988, Joe Biden got kicked out of the presidential uh, nomination for plagiarizing line, a lot of line, and uh, multiple things. So let's just say that these things happen. Even Melania Trump, uh, you know, who's a, a gorgeous uh, feast for the eyes. She's eye candy. I, I love Melania. So hot. Um, but even she got caught uh, plagiarizing Michelle Obama, or Mikey, as some call him. Like I was saying, so plagiarizing in uh, these kind of stages is nothing new. But when it happens, you know, like having a Melania, you got to call it out. Hell, even Donald Trump called that shit out. And the, uh, that dinner they have for all like, the elites and the rich. Uh, that he went to and he roasted like everybody in there. And, uh, you know, even he called out his uh, wife for that because it, at the end of the day, it, it was kind of amusing and funny that, you know, she plagiarized it. Now, to her defense, it's not like she wrote that thing herself. I mean, let's be honest. You got writers for that kind of shit. And I've always held out and, and said that I believe that she was set up. I think that uh, people that are writing that stuff uh, knew that it'll be easy because um, they knew it would be easy because of her difference, you know, being from Europe and maybe not having the full grasp of, you know, how to write this thing or whatever. They, they knew that they could, have, you know, uh, have her read it and, you know, maybe she approved it and maybe she, she thought it was good and, you know, she wanted to add something here or there. And they're like, oh, this is perfect. You know, they have their writers, you know, and people that uh, tell them, oh, you should say this or that and if they agree or disagree for those kind of moments. Uh, especially if they if they're conveying in letters and words that it's what's in your head, why wouldn't you just let a professional write it for you and then say, yeah, this is what I wanted to say anyway, so let's go with this, you know. And she has a much better voice than I do. I'm just saying. Uh, but in in all reality, I'm pretty sure that the first lady did not have much to do with that plagiarizing, so I gave her a pass. Plus, Trump was very funny at that uh, dinner. He went at her in a very funny way, which I'm sure uh, maybe he didn't get laid for a while. Let's just say he couldn't grab that for a couple of days because of, like, you know, like, uh, well, she maybe, maybe she got a little angry. And nothing's worse than a European woman when she's angry. I learned that the hard way.
Don't make that mistake. If you're dating a European woman, don't make them mad. Now, you could say the same thing for Cuban women, Puerto Rican women, but definitely European women, they're vengeful. So I'm pretty sure Trump was like, oh, snap. Well, she plagiarized hugely. Now, I, I do a horrible Trump impression. I, I just can't do Trump. I can't do his impression. But you, you guys catch the, uh, the gist there. The whole point is we got a, a bunch of clips. I'm going to get to as much of it as possible. But first, I do want to you know, remind everybody that making sure they bookmark the podcast do that for me, please. It's going to be uh, on the uh, podcast, uh, SoundCloud, and of course, iHeart, Spotify, and everywhere. Every Sunday night after I record it, either when I'm live or just pre-recorded or whatever, it'll be there every Sunday night uh, past midnight. You should be able to get it already because I'm going to try to make it available as soon as possible. Uh, within maybe minutes to an hour or two, depending on how long it takes me to put these things together. Uh, but without any further delay, I, I wanted to say that. I want to give a special shout-out to Dennis uh, Drano, uh, who drew me as a ufologist years ago, and uh, shout-outs to him. Uh, you know, he's uh, a good dude, even though his uh, voting for president sucked. Uh, and it's not helping anybody, but I still love the old man. He's a good guy. Uh, Larry Roth, another really cool dude, man. I've been checking his stuff out. He's running for congressman here in in Homestead. Seat number three. Make sure if you're in the local Homestead area, you go out and you vote for seat three Congress, um, congressman. Uh, and make sure you elect Larry Roth. Really cool dude. I like his politics. I like what he stands for. And, uh, you know, I'm endorsing the dude. I'm putting stuff on my website. So let's make it happen for Larry. Uh, Anything else uh, we got uh, to uh, give shout-outs to before we uh, play the uh, the rap? No? Nothing else, right, Petey? Check on my producer, Petey, who... Uh, says hello to the uh, to the listening audience. He, you know, we haven't done many shows, uh, mostly because it's been you know a rough time here. And uh, before I get to the rap song, I'm gonna uh, go right into uh, what's going on with my cousin's uh, murder case. Um, as some of you know, maybe you don't, maybe you do, depending on if you're following along to when I go on air or not. Uh, my cousin uh, passed away. We don't know the uh, results officially yet. We suspect foul play. I'll leave it at that. The autopsy results are probably going to be in some time next week. The the last few days, the family, as of you know, this week, we got the remains um, post autopsy, which were ashes because he was cremated. And uh, we went ahead and finally put to uh, rest uh, his ashes. And then uh, I still can't believe uh, Nelson's gone. Nelson Molinet Espino came to this uh, planet and suffered a lot. And he went through a lot. And to get to where he finally was comfortable and to have his mind 
leave him like it did and uh kind of leave his uh the earth before his body did you know that's what was going on to see his uh, immediate family i'm talking about his mom my aunt his wife was now a widow and uh, his daughter and uh, to see them suffer uh has been horrendous i've tried to you know kind of like be there as much as possible but at the same time i don't want to be pushy because while I love Nelson, I love his family, we're, we're not a really close unit in my uh, dad's side of the family. So it's always been kind of like a weird situation of, you know, who I'm close to and who I'm not. Right now, like the closest part of the family from my dad's side to me, besides my dad, obviously, is my cousin Dory. And uh, I'm glad I found Dory. You know, a few years ago, I was, uh, you know, um, let's say about a decade ago, I think now it's been more or less, where I didn't know um, what happened to her. And the movie Finding Dory reminded me, hey, you know, your cousin's name is Dory, you dumbass. Why don't you look her up on social media? And I've said it before, you know, one thing about Facebook, which I'll always, you know, be grateful for is that I was able to find my cousin Dory on Facebook. So that's always been really uh, cool because to me, since I have very little to no interaction with most of my family, it's always nice to have somebody to rely on. And, and she's awesome. You know, her fiance Mike is great. Uh, they, uh, they have a beautiful relationship. She's a great person. Uh, he's a great dude. So... Um, but they're like, you know, the only family I have. And then I have my uncle in Cuba. I have Dory's dad here, but I don't like talk to him much. Um, and that's really it. And my uncle in Cuba is old, and I talk to him mostly on Facebook. And here in the uh, U.S., I have my living aunt, which again is my cousin Nelson's mom. His uh, wife and his daughter um, that I know personally, I've you know seen him and I seen his daughter when she was younger when they got here and through the years you know I've I've paid visits and stuff and but we've never been like let's hang out tomorrow you know like one of those families uh, we just kind of all like do our own thing you know we all, uh, my cousin was also uh, disabled and uh, his wife. Uh, was disabled uh, by mental issues that they suffered from being in prison. Uh, so, you know, they suffered a lot. And to make it here, the only, thing I, I, the only person I could kind of, like, relate what happened to my cousin is maybe Jose Fernandez, the pitcher for the Marlins. And I say that because of the fact of what he went through you know, going through the ocean with, you know, a bunch of strangers, having his mom almost drown, and he jumped in not even knowing that was his mom. The dude was literally a hero. He jumped in the middle of the ocean where he couldn't hardly see, risked his life to save somebody who he didn't even know he was saving until he finally was on top of the person. He's like, it's my mom. Holy shit. And he pulled her to safety and saved her life. To go through all that, 
land in America, make it to the majors, become the ace of the Marlins, be the talk of baseball. I mean, the kid was going to get a $200 million contract easy. He was having an amazing year. And then he had the boating accident, and we find out that he was drunk and maybe coked up and all kind of, like, you know, nasty things came out uh, from the autopsy report. And it was a shame. It happened in 2016, the same year my mom passed, so it was a very weird year. Um, Mourning my mom in March, and then months later, what happened to Jose uh, which uh, just a, I mean, it, it was just a, a horrible uh, way to finish the year off. I think the only thing that came out good in 2016 was that we went to the MUFON convention and, or symposium and had uh, Skywatchers radio from there. That was uh, a little bit of fun amidst all the drama and sadness. And the only reason I even went there is because I wanted to get away from the mourning that I was experiencing here, you know, having lost my mom. And uh, I wanted to kind of do something that kind of got my mind off of it. As you can see, all these years later, I still go back and reference her passing. Uh, But... It it makes sense because I'm talking about my cousin now, Nelson, passing. So, uh, once again, rest in peace to my cousin Nelson. Uh, his ashes are now laid to rest. If anybody wants to make any donations or anything, please do so. You could uh, find me on PayPal, uh, Real Angel Espino. You can send it through there. You can go to puresolidnews.com. There's a link there to a GoFundMe page that was set up by a friend of uh, my cousin's, and they're like at $7,000, I think. So that money will go directly to the family, to the to the widow, wife, the mom, and the daughter, which is where the money really needs to go. So uh, make sure you make any donations if you want through there. If you send donations to my PayPal, uh, which, again, it's at angelespino.com. Anything you put there as donations, make sure you put a note donating to Nelson or something like that on your donation, and it'll go immediately to the family. I won't keep a penny of it. It'll go to the family itself. So far, I've had no donations my way, uh, but I do know they're doing really well on the GoFundMe page. So either way you want to do it, whether you don't like GoFundMe or you like PayPal, you know, I'm giving you both options, best of both worlds. Please help out. Um, you know, it's a tough time. They're going to need the extra bread because, you know, now they have one less breadwinner in the house. So this money is to help them along. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, not have it financially as tough as things uh, look right now. Uh, Sadly, you know, we're always going to miss my cousin. Um, You know, their husband, their dad, you know, their their son. And we're always going to miss him. I love him to death. And, and, uh, you know, I'm writing a book, as a lot of you know, and I'm almost done with it. He's a big part of my book. Uh, not only in this one, but in the next follow-up one, which is the one I was running with Dennis Crenshaw, uh, which uh, I have a new title for because me and Dennis had come up with a title years ago, but I can't use it because a certain movie used something similar and I don't want to get sued. 
and it's pure coincidence but since that's the case I came up with a new title and it's a whole lot better I'm not going to reveal it here yet because the book is still being uh you know worked on I'm doing both books simultaneously by the way which for those of you who are now well educated means at the same time you big dummy so as I'm working on both books and a script which is almost done uh I have a lot of writing to do so with that said, let's turn it over to a little bit of, of a lighter uh, side of things. Uh, like I said, I wanted to lead off the clips with the Trump rap song. My friends, lean back. And I'm not saying like get the drink lean and get drunk. No, no, no. But let's get drunk for Trump. And let's lean back, listen to this amazing track this is number one with a bullet donald trump whether it's ai or it's real this is a hot joint and mr president kill this por favor well shout out patriot j benny johnson big bongino alex jones free my dogs and lock up the radical left's gone crazy I don't bail, I don't bail, I won't see inside a cell Shout out thugger, free my slime, slat slat, YSL They tryna lock me up but I'm plugged in in ATL Got homies doing life in jail, they living in hell These DAs acting silly, my mugshot is worth a billy So some merchant made a milli, shot me Millie out in Philly Shot the baby, shot the salsa, Benny Butcher Then my rollers called me racist but these rappers riding with me Then my soldiers, mega 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 I am not who they are after, I'm just in the way they want to get to you but i won't let them cold-hearted no i'm artist getting back to where i started i don't need to do the race i'ma beat them rico charges and if i go to prison you can't do me like the clintons i'll be laid up eating steak with secret service chilling screaming orange man bad the whole world mad thug life shout out all of my maga base sheds coming for the deep state i will stop the new world order but before that i'll finish walls at the border YSL, slash slash, shout out Thugger. Finny got nothing on us. Okay, I'm calling it right now. That's the hottest joint of 2023. This is the hardest minute something of like rap since Hit 'em Up by Tupac. I mean, everything you're saying is true. You know, like. Even if he goes to prison, the Secret Service are going to be in there with him, so it's not like they can touch him. I mean, this is not like Jeffrey Epstein all over again, where everybody's going to be asleep and the camera's going to be mysteriously off. If he gets killed in prison, it's because they killed him, basically. So he can't be touched as a ex-president. He will, for life, have Secret Service with him. That's another reason why these charges are, are just retarded because, you look, they're not going to convict Trump. We, I mean, even if he gets convicted of any of these charges, we know what's going to happen. He'll pardon himself when he becomes president. He still has uh, more than enough time to do that. Even if they go to trial early, which, by the way, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. There's too many indictments uh, for them to expect for this to go to trial any time now. 
the one in New York, the one in Atlanta is like four, maybe five. You know, it takes time for a defense, a prosecution, jury selection. I don't care what uh, uh, Fanny Bobeni for Fanny Fanny thinks or Elvin Dirtbag in New York think. They're not going to get a speedy trial on any of these things. Uh, the, some of the experts are saying this might have to wait till like even after the election next year for these things to actually start a, a, to have a, an actual trial. Um, so there's a good chance that by the time this even reaches to that point, he's already won and in the White House. And then one executive order makes all this crap go away. But But here's the crazy thing, folks. No, not that. The crazy thing is, to right now, when I get in conversation with uh, some of my friends on the left, they still believe that he is guilty. Some of these people have, uh, you know, the trench derangement syndrome, and he's been living in their head for a long time now, but they have it so bad that they still think that he's guilty. The left is telling the truth. Some of these morons that are on the left still think that, for example, the the Hunter laptop is a Russian disinformation uh, fake. They think that Trump colluded with Russia. Um, that Hillary Clinton and Biden are not responsible for breaking the law, like taking documents that are classified when they're not sitting presidents, which, by the way, covers Trump. So you're telling me you're, you're indicting Trump for things that Biden and Hillary did illegally, but Trump did legally as the president, but somehow you're indicting him for the wrongs of Biden and Hillary. And these people on the left, either they're stupid, sold out, or they have the transdorgement syndrome up their ass so far, they can't see what's good for them. And for that, I, you know, I feel for them because, you know, you just can't fix stupid. I mean, there's no way around it. But that rap song lays it up pretty good. If you pay attention to the reality of what's going on, you'll understand that CNN and the mass media has been lying to everybody. Mass media has been lying to you. This has all been a, a PSYOPs operation, people. Think about this. Nancy Pelosi slipped up and called it the wrap-up smear. Remember when she told all, told all of us about that? You demonize, and then you, it, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this so they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. But I think I'm worth the trouble, quite frankly. I, I love the fray. I, I'm, not, I know, I'm not disrespectful. 
Huh? That's what happened with Trump. They said enough lies, enough bullshit, and people started believing it because they didn't know any better or because they're just stupid. But now we know that Trump is telling the truth. We could see that Trump was telling the truth. And what I love about like the debates in 2020 was how Chris Wallace was protecting Joe Biden the entire time. And they, you know, they're like, oh, my son never had any dealings with uh, this thing from uh, Ukraine and Russia and uh, this laptop. You know, Biden straight up lied on TV, which, by the way, you know, since that debate, I find it funny that now Trump is being compared to Tupac, T. Trump, Tupac. And uh Tupac actually spoke about Trump back in the 90s before he died, by the way, in a very known interview. But the fun, the, the, the funny thing is, we all remember Tupac had beef with Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., and Puff Daddy, right? P. Diddy. Now, follow along here. Do you know what Notorious B.I.G.'s real name was? The B -B Biggie. You know what, what his real name was? Christopher Wallace. Chris Wallace, right? And uh, so 2020, you can almost look at it as it was Biggie Smalls and Puff Daddy versus Tupac. Because it was two against one, right? And now Biggie Smalls or Chris Wallace, uh, the wannabe journalist, is out of the picture. And he's on CNN, not on Fox anymore. Or, you know, he belongs on CNN. And, of course, Biden is off eating ice cream somewhere. Not wanting to deal with reality. But you know who does deal with reality? Because, of course, he's got balls of steel. That's Donald Trump. And after the mugshot, which, by the way, is taken all over the hood right now. like I'm here to support President Trump. You want to know why I'm here to support President Trump? Because they done did black men like this for decades. Make up charges and put on so I know Trump is innocent. I support Trump against this corrupt, two-tiered justice system. That's why I'm here to show my support as a black man for Trump. And I'm wearing my shirt, niggas for Trump 2024, and I mean that. What do you think about the indictments? Oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. So Maurice, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We just want to have a sense of why uh, you decided to be here today and what this uh, proceedings or arraignment that is going to happen in a few hours mean to you as a black for Trump? Uh, well, what it means to me is uh, give me liberty or give them death. It means I'm, I'm demanding freedom. Uh, I demand equity. This whole, this whole thing is unfair because everything that Jack Smith is charging Trump with Biden is guilty of 300 times worse. Going into the Capitol and all that, all of that's fake. That's the people's house. We're supposed to be able to go in there anyway. That's the first problem. And then for them to say that uh, Trump said something out of his mouth when they know the Presidential Act says even a congressman, a senator like Adam Schiff lied. All these lies. He got the evidence. He got this Bush lied. When I talk to you about the indictment, um, and referred to you said that uh, you know the storming of the Capitol was fake. Are you saying that the images that was broadcast on that particular day on television didn't exist? Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is they staged that whole thing. I have 
You can go on my, my website. Who can I finish? Go ahead. I was here on, on January 6th. I was at that building right there called uh, the, the Russell Building. I made a speech there. After the speech, I walked to the White House, which is a 45-minute walk from here. I had these brothers with me, most of them anyway. And as we walked down, we heard combustion bombs already going off. Trump wasn't even on stage yet. They was already attacking the White House, I mean the Capitol. So this is how you know it's all fake, stupid, stinking so lies. So can I finish? Go ahead. And then when we got down there, Trump was, Trump was just getting on stage. Rudy Giuliani had just gotten off after we already heard all the attacks. We made a left and went to Constitution. And then we stood there and took pictures with everybody who was leaving Trump's speech. At no time did I hear Trump say, go march in there. Maurice, but is that, is that not what the arraignment is supposed to do? Is this not to give him the opportunity to defend the case? My question to you is why you decided to be here today. I don't today. need the opportunity to be free. See, you, see what y'all expect us to do is answer you, but you don't answer me. Biden don't answer no damn questions. Are you, so, not, are you not free? No, we're not free. How so? Right, right now, because Jack Smith can just arrest one of us off of his thought outside of what the law says. That's not freedom. Freedom is acting under the law so that you can be free to do business without the fear of people just creating something and putting you away like they did black men during the time of sharecropping. They just created stuff. Oh, you can't walk across the street. What scripture says but, that? But but is Jack Smith not working according to what the law prescribes? He has no, been commissioned he's a, he's independently a, to produce what he's produced. He hasn't produced nothing. He just said that Trump kept the law. Trump is the one that's the president. Like that stupid law they said he took presidential records. They know that Clinton took records that are more, way more damaging. Atomic weapons. All that stuff, he put it in his sock drawer. The left don't know what they just did. They just literally lost the hood. Hood niggas vote for hood niggas. And when you get indicted in the land of Georgia, you become an instant hood. And they just indicted Trump, took a mugshot in Atlanta in the hood. So guess what, uh, Fanny? You just made a martyr in the modern-day Tupac out of Trump. I want you to realize that because the hood has turned on you. They are all realizing now in the hood, especially in Atlanta, that you're full of shit, Fanny. That's why you also, you know, they're investigating your ass and that, you know, there's going to be a surprise coming for that ass uh, by Congress when they, uh, you know, start investigating you and your criminal behavior. Not just on the Trump thing. That's, I'm, I'm putting it out there because it's a fact. I know this for a fact, basically. And, and I don't give a shit. She can come after me. I, I don't care. I stick my middle fingers up in the air. And I tell Fanny to go suck a Fanny. anywhere. Fanny for Fanny, for Fanny, Fanny, Fanny. What you talking about, Willis? And you know what? I'm on a Trump wagon, homie. I'm voting for 45 to become 47. Fuck 46. Because, you know what, let's go Brandon. Check out what my man Donald Trump had to say after he got out from doing the mugshot. This is priceless, my friends. Priceless. Check it out. Thank you very much for being here. I really believe this is a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If 
you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election, and I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Thank you very much. Would you pardon yourself? I know that was amazing, but did you hear the last question uh, that, that chick asked? Um, would you pardon yourself? If you, it's like the media and these so-called journalists and reporters don't understand that most of these uh, court dates are not going to be able to stick. Uh, most of this stuff, if it's even going to go to trial, is going to be after the election. So this is an ignorant question because if he wins, of course he's going to pardon himself of all these bullshit charges. I mean, why would he like go to the uh, Oval Office and be like, no, 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 let them still try to put me in prison. No, you just, you know, make them go away, uh, sign an executive order. And then what I, I, I want to see is how he deals with the swamp. Nancy Pelosi, who's no longer Speaker of the House, so we got to keep it that way. And, um, well, everyone else who questioned elections like Stacey Abrams, AOC, Hillary Clinton, people who had documents were classified that they had no rights to, like Joe Biden when he was VP, uh, Hillary Clinton when she wasn't even president or vice president. Uh, so she had no right to have any classified documents, but we know she did, right? I want to see, after 2024, when Trump wins, uh, I want to see what happens then, my friends. Because that's when the real fun is going to begin, when he's back in the Oval Office, and he starts fixing things, uh, and I want to see what special counsels they put together, how they deal with uh, all this stuff. Because, you know, the left is just throwing anything and everything at this guy. While Joe Biden is treated with kid gloves. Hawaii, Maui, is a destruction zone right now because of what happened. It's, you know, horrible. People are dying there. And... The so-called president, when he was first approached 
and asked about, like, you know, about what's going on, he smiled, chuckled, and said, no comment. Isn't that beautiful? Hmm? Recently, he's uh, been uh, caught leaving an ice cream parlor, and again, when asked uh, about what's going on, he had nothing to say, but when they ask about the ice cream, oh, he talks about it so lovingly. Folks, Joe Biden is a Manchurian candidate. He doesn't care about the American people. He doesn't care about me, you, or anybody else. He cares about his own political agenda, his power, his money, his real RICO Act, which he belongs to uh, with other people people that are involved with his criminal activities and look this is not me making it up okay even cnn now is saying yeah we kind of messed up on this one um even though they knew about it uh they come uh, they're coming around and they're starting to see that you could only laugh for so long even the wrap-up smear is breaking apart. And again, like I said earlier, when you start losing the hood, you lose it all, man. Because two, three, four, five points to swing from the left to Trump, from just that community, it's a wrap for Biden. It's over. So... You know, uh, I don't know uh, what the left is going to do. You know, they still don't want Biden to run. That's another thing. They're looking at a Governor Newscom from uh, California. <laughs> like, he's much better, right? California, which is... Uh, I mean, it's a shit show what's going on out there. San Francisco, there's more needles on the ground than there are people living there. I mean, really, do you think that's the guy? Honestly? Is there anybody on the left even worth taking a look at? I mean, other than uh, maybe uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., but, you know, he's not being uh, treated fairly either. The only problem with him, though, while I love his politics, remember, I, I vote independently. I don't, I, I'm neither Republican or Democrat, okay? And I would vote for somebody like Robert Kennedy Jr. The only thing that stops people, I think, for voting for him for president, unfortunately, is the way he sounds, his actual voice. He has an amazing mind. The dude's stacked physically. I saw him, you know, benching recently. I'm like, I wish I had. I'm just saying. Um, but sadly, that voice is hard to listen to for a long period of time. And I understand that having my voice issues myself, how it could be a little bit, you know, tough to sit there and listen to it. And imagine him giving an entire, like, State of the Union address or speaking to the country for a long period of time. My goodness, it just, it, it would be horrible. And that's the worst part about it because he's a, a really, like, seems like a really good dude. His politics are on point. Um, he's, 
just somebody who I think was born uh, to run for president, but whatever happened to his voice is what's blocking, I think, becoming the president. So uh, it's sad, but it, that's a reality for Robert Kennedy Jr. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene had a lot to say, uh, like I said, uh, and let's take a listen to her remarks on what's happening here with uh, POTUS 45, soon to be 47. Check out Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene. So you can pretty much just tell us what you were sharing over there really quick. Well, it's, it, this is a devastating day for America. Uh, Georgia is embarrassed and ashamed of this Fulton County DA that's abusing her office um, to go after and arrest uh, the president, the former president of the United States, which is Joe Biden's top political opponent. And I'll tell you right now, in the state of Georgia, I met with Jima last week. This is a statistic that everyone needs to understand. In the state of Georgia, a child is sold for sex. A child is sold for sex over 7,200 times every single month. But here, this disgrace of an attorney, the Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis, is abusing her power to go after and arrest Trump. She's not using her, her power of prosecution to go after child sex traffickers, go after gang members that are linked to the Mexican cartels. She's not doing this to go after murderers. We have the same murder rate as Chicago. This What's is an embarrassment. This, Why are you here? You're talking Marjorie, about sex trafficking. What's your source? What's your source? GEMA. Who's GEMA? Georgia Emergency Management Agency. Have you had any communication? A agency. That is a Marjorie, you have you had any communication with the former president at all today? Uh, yes, of course. I'm in constant communication with him. I support President Trump. I just came from the Republican debate in Milwaukee last night, landed here this morning. The reason why I'm here is because this is my home state. I was born and raised in the state of Georgia, and I'm, I'm here as a Georgian. I'm also here as a member of Congress. We're going to be standing up against the weaponized government, and we're launching an investigation into Fonnie Willis through the Judiciary Committee, and we go back into session. Last question about Fonnie Willis. You know that she did get the approval for the trial date to be moved up. Do you have any comment on that? Uh, my comment to Fonnie Willis is we're going to make sure that she's she loses her job. What do you think she's done wrong? What did she do wrong? This is called weaponized government. What does she, that mean? The weaponized government is she's going at she's using her office for politics. Okay, so she's going she, after so, Joe Biden's top political opponent. So you don't she's think Trump the made any of these? No, these are fake charges. Why? He's being arrested because he uses freedom of speech. He's not allowed to say what he thinks and feels about his tweet. 2020 election. He didn't break the law. the law. Joe Biden broke the law. Do you have any concerns? Do you have any concerns that any of the other 19 over 50 years using people yeah. just like you? Not like me. Tens of millions. Yes, like just you. like you. Not no, like you probably me. voted for him. That's no, your I president. Didn't. Do you have any concerns that any of the people that are indicted are going to take any deals in this case? I, I don't know. Those are questions for their their attorneys, but I think it's shameful. These people are having to pay for attorneys, have to defend themselves. They are having to, to be the victim of the weaponized government happening here in Georgia, and, and our state legislature needs to do something about it. Has the former president asked you to be a running mate, or have you had any conversations with him about that? Uh, the, the president will pick who he chooses for his running mate. Right now, I'm serving Georgia's 14th congressional district. How is Thank you feeling? Feeling? How is President Trump? Yeah. Uh, the president's feeling outraged. He's the victim of the weaponized government. This should not be happening. You know, the Democrat Party should be able to run uh, on their own policies, and their policies right now are what nearly $4 a gallon gasoline. 
Their policies right now, they've doubled food prices with inflation. Their policies right now are wide open borders where drugs, um, over 300 fentanyl deaths every single day in America. Uh, here in our state, over 250% increase in fentanyl deaths. That's Fonnie Willis, everybody. That's what she's doing. She's not prosecuting these crimes. Fonnie Willis is bringing fentanyl into the country. Yeah, you're saying they're weaponizing the government, but he can just Let's fight this in court if it's low Why should he? No, why should he? Shouldn't every person court? have their day in court, though? Why should he even be in court? Why? Because he said my election was stolen. Is that a crime? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton said the same thing. Guess what? Stacey Abrams said the same thing right here in Georgia when she ran for governor. And every single Democrat all came out and said the elections were stolen. The elections were stolen. Did anyone see? What about Brad Raffensperger, though? Brad Raffensperger. He straight up said that there was no issues in our. Like our, I'll what tell is, you, there Brad is, Raffensperger. No, I'm sorry, we had to hire an attorney and do a FOIA request because my ex-husband was was told that his that he voted by absentee ballot. You guys look this up. This is in the news. He was told when he showed up to vote in 2020 that he voted by absentee ballot, and he said, "No, I didn't. I didn't even request one." And then he had to sign an affidavit to surrender an absentee ballot that he never voted on. And we were accused and called liars for that until we hired an attorney and we had to FOIA the information. And guess what? It turns out it was all true, exactly what he said. So there was fraud in the election, and it's a serious issue. And so I don't care if you're Republican you or Democrat. You should do you care about your elections. Today? Have you spoken with Trump you today? spoken with him. Do you expect Pre to see him? President Trump will be coming in for this shameful event, and then he'll be leaving and I don't blame him. I'm sure he'll be ready to go. What do you think about the debate yesterday? Vivek Bhamaswamy. <laughs> I thought Vivek did a good job. He actually stood up for America First policies, and he was the only one on the stage that, that made any sense. The rest of them sounded like uh, George Bush Republicans. So he's Vivek 24 or I'm, VP Vivek? I'm Trump, Trump, I'm Trump 24. Trump 24 all the way. Don't you just love her? I mean, she's like full on board on this Trump 2024 bandwagon. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, like, I, I don't know, if it, you know, who uh, the VP is going to be for Trump. It ain't going to be Mike Pence, I'll tell you that. If he picks her, it's a logical choice. She's on board. She supports him 100%. You know, she's right. Vivek Ramaswamy did a good job in the debates. I don't know enough about him to pick him as the VP running mate. You know, there's rumors that he might be a puppet and a Trojan horse. And, you know, they're going to talk a lot of nonsense, obviously, since he went up in the polls and the sanctimonious went down. So now they're going to attack Vivek. It's just logical, you know, because they see, uh-oh, uh, this uh, foreigner, uh, even though he was born in America, obviously, but his parents are from uh, outside the country. And uh, they're going to look at it and be like, this uh, Vivek Rama, Yamaswami, Ramaswami guy, he's uh, maybe a, a threat. So, you know, they're going to go after him like they've gone to Ron, and of course, Donald Trump is. Teflon Don, they throw everything at him. Uh, but uh, Vivek, who did perform well at the, uh, you know, in the, in the debates, is under uh, a lot of scrutiny. But I want you guys to check out 
what happened at the actual debates. In case you haven't uh, heard or seen it, in case you missed it, uh, there's a little montage that I think I, it's very telling at what happened on the debates and why going forward Mike Pence just needs to like step down, shut up, and never run for president again. Mike Pence, you pretty much buried yourself. And for anybody who actually pays attention to this audio, listen to how he's trying to self-endorse, you know, himself for president. And really what he's saying is that everything that Trump did was right in his administration. So by accident, he is actually endorsing what Trump and his administration did. I mean, this is marvelous, uh, incredible, beautiful audio. So pay attention, folks. Check this out. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name? And what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician, Brett. You're right about that. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. That is the American dream. And I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. And I do think Brett is going to take an outsider because for a long time we have professional politicians in the Republican Party who have been running from something. Now is our moment to start running to something, to our vision of what it means to be an American today. If you have a broken car, you don't turn over the keys to the people who broke it again. You hand it over to a new generation to actually fix the problem. That's why I'm in this race and we're just getting warmed up. I'm the best prepared, the most tested, the most qualified and proven conservative in this race. I was a leader in the Congress of the United States. I led Indiana where we balanced budgets and had a AAA bond rating when I was governor. And as vice president of the United States, we spent funding to, to backfill on the, the, the military cuts of the Obama administration, and then we were there in the worst pandemic uh, in 100 years. All that being said, I was the first person in this race to say that we've got to deal with the long-term national debt issues. You've got people on this stage that won't even talk about issues like Social Security and Medicare. I mean, Vivek, you recently said uh, a president can't do everything. Well, I got news for you, Vivek. I've been in the hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity and restore fiscal responsibility, just as I did in Congress and as governor Mr. Vice president. and when I was vice president. But, yeah, I mean, we've hold, yeah, hold on. Since you were named earlier. Both. I'm going to get Vivek first. We'll get to both of yeah, This isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on well, it. Well, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you, Vivek, if I can. 
I'll go slower this time. I, you know, I, I sometimes struggle with the reading comprehension. Look, I was, uh, right I was a House conservative <laughs> leader before it was cool. I actually pushed a deficit reduction act that was the last time we actually reduced the national debt in the United States when I was the leader of House conservatives. I balanced budgets and cut taxes when I was governor. I mean, look, Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. I just want to respond to Mike for one second because he invoked me back. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. The, the, the reality and the fact of the matter is... Was that one of yours? Uh, it, not not oh, really, yeah. Mike, actually. Yeah. We're just going to have some fun tonight. And the reality is... You, sir, are an idiot. You have a bunch of people, professional politicians, super PAC puppets, following slogans handed over to them by their 400-page super PACs last week. The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about, or do you want revolution? Okay, and I stand on the side of the American the revolution. We're going to take medalism. control back here. I mean, for real, Vivek whooped Pence's ass. And uh, this is like why I say that Mike Pence should never run for president again. Like, he's done. Like, this debate was political suicide. And uh, I know they usually have uh, more than one debate. So I, I want to hear and see what they do for the second debate. If he comes better prepared. Now they also focused on Ron DeSantimonious, like I said, and Ron didn't look so good either. Okay, Ron and some people pointed out how well he just he came off, you know, like a robot. Which, by the way, Trump has been saying that he has no personality. That really came off at the debates. Uh, check out some of the comments here know that DeSantis had to come out. He needed to have a great performance to even try to get a bump because what he's restarted his campaign now five times. I think it's five. He's on the five fifth restart. And he showed up with a bunch of canned lines that he obviously had drilled into his head from his consultants. And you could tell he had memorized them. He even he even memorized how to deliver them with the punch at the end. And he looked so awkward. But he was so outmanned on that stage. He didn't know how to uh, get back into the debate. He did his little memorized lines. And then the debate started moving uh, you know, a little more dynamic around him. And he stood there like a dope, frozen. He honestly did not know how to in interject and get back in the debate. They manhandled him on that stage. I mean, even Nikki Haley was able to manhandle him. He just stood there almost frozen, like he was trying to pull something from memory that his consultant had drilled into his head, and he, he, he was completely outmanned on that stage. Uh, I thought Vivek did a decent job of kind of exposing these people for the political hacks that they really are and the warmongers that they are. But let's face it, not a single one of them even comes close 
to President Donald J. Trump. We know he's done the job. We know he can do the job. And we know the deep state is so petrified of him. They're trying to lock him up and throw away the key. President Trump was not here on the stage. His team is here. His top guy is here in the spin room. How did your guy do tonight? In turn, I mean, we were expecting a lot of attacks. What do you think of what they said? Well, it's amazing. Um, I think that, you know, President Trump's decision not to attend the debate was probably validated in the first 25 minutes of the debate. Um, and then at the end of the day, when you add it all up, you know, this was the day Ron DeSantis' campaign died. And not even being here, Donald Trump won. Now, isn't that beautiful? Donald Trump won, and the dude was not even at the debate winning. Now, of course, you know, the left got their mugshot, like we said earlier. Trump is making money off of it. The hood is endorsing him now. They've lost the hood. And uh, not like I promised, I'm going to segue a little bit. Like I promised, I have uh, an audio clip of Joe Biden referring to Pete Buttigieg as Booty Juice. Now it is my great honor to introduce the President of the United States, President Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. Thank you all for being here. Please sit down. I'm sorry, what? Did he just call him Pete Buttigieg? I hope he bought a dinner first. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. From now on, I think we all should refer to Pete over there as Pete Booty Juice. How do you think? Mayor Pete Booty Juice is back in the news. He's back at it again. He's knee deep in the big You know what I'm saying? Now check out what uh, Chris Farrell had to say, uh, now he's the Director of Research and Investigations at Judicial Watch. He was an OAN, which is a great news source for anybody in the middle or the right to check out. If you have conservative values, check out OAN. Just put that on YouTube or Google, and you'll find uh, their channels. It's uh, a very good place for you to, to look at. But check out Chris Farrell, again, Director of Research and Investigations for Judicial Watch. One of the things in this indictment is that Mark Meadows, the Chief of Staff of the President, sent a text message to Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry asking for the phone number for the Speaker of the Pennsylvania State House. Is that an indictable offense, sir? It is not. And uh, what we're viewing or what we're watching is akin to something from the Soviet Union. The, this is a show trial. This is, I mean, it could be, I could be a lot worse with my language. I'm trying to con contain myself. Cleaning it up a little bit? The loathing that I have for uh, Prosecutor Fannie and what she's dreamed up here. Uh, it's a clown show. I mean, this is a stunt. It's a political stunt meant to interfere in an election. Uh, the problem is that they have the full weight and force of the law behind them. And so you've got these characters. I mean, these are like drunk teenagers with car keys. This is a, a wreck of what's going on. They can, they're going to damage people. They're going to cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees. They're going to disrupt their lives. And that's the purpose, right? 
The process is the punishment, and that's what they're aiming for. They're trying to destroy and disrupt the President Trump's campaign and all those persons around them, and also sending a signal to the American public, you better sit down and shut up and do as you're told. If you dare to associate yourself with President Trump, you're one of the enemies, you're a criminal. That's the message, and that's the message from President Biden, from Attorney General Garland, from this lunatic in Georgia, from the New York grand jury. That's the message. Sit down and shut up and do as you're told. Former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows wanted a change of venue. Uh, Chris Farrell, why would you want to change a venue from liberal Democrat-dominated Fulton County to liberal Democrat-dominated D.C. right across the street here? I mean, what does that get you? I don't know. Well, the question is whether it would come to D.C. It might go to a federal court. I mean, you could, look, the venue is not locked in. It could be somewhere in the Fourth Circuit. It could be a, a, a Georgia uh, federal court. Um, the, the act itself occurred here in D.C., so that might be the place where they would bring it in the district court. Uh, it almost, the, the underlying question is, who's going to prosecute and try this case? As currently configured, you're going to have to get a stadium to do it in Georgia, because you have 18 defendants, and they supposedly want to go to trial in March, which is preposterous. It's not going to happen Super that Tuesday, fast. the day before Super Tuesday. Uh, it's simply not going to happen. Uh, again, this is more the gamesmanship and the stunt aspect of this. But if you think you're going to have 18 defendants file into a courtroom somewhere with their attorneys and paralegals and everybody else and start conducting a trial, uh, again, this is all show. It's all drama. Uh, and I hope Mr. Meadows and the president uh, get the case removed out of her hands and let a federal court hear it and... I think it'll expedite things. What happened with this internet posting of the trial docket, so supposedly not ready for prime time, supposedly not an authentic document? What, what's up with that? Well, one thing's for certain, and that is the DA's office is lying. Uh, so whether it was Is that done, evidence for a mistrial or a change of venue? It, I, I believe that that argument could certainly be made. Now, whether anybody buys off on it or not is a separate question. But it was either an accident or an accident on purpose. Uh, but they tee this thing up, post it, then whoopsie, take it down, and it just so happens to mirror exactly what ended up being. That means that they were awfully ready for this. Well, the good news is that they can do the same thing uh, with the conviction, right? Right. They've, yeah, already, they've right. already decided yeah. what's going to happen here. So just go ahead and, and the final order. And Post that right away and just right. kind of get it over do with. It now and get, get, it, over get it in the cans. Or everybody kind of. Speaking of the former president, the former president had something interesting to say at a statement about this situation. I think we have a soundbite. Maybe we can hear that. It is a disgraceful thing that Joe Biden refuses to help or comment on the tragedy in Maui just as he refused to help or comment on the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Chris Farrell, is this a Maui Wowie? Uh, Biden's a disgrace. And um, I think you have to, we really need to pause and examine just how superficial and phony and sort of going through the motions, both Biden personally as a man and the entire apparatus around him at the White House, uh, 
what he's all about. Is this about. Biden's Katrina? He could he could give a damn about the people in Ohio who suffered through that train wreck and the spill and all the consequences to that local community. Uh, but he's going to take an opportunity to go hang out in Hawaii and do some fundraising with a quick flyover of the area that's that's been subject to these wildfires. This is such a transparently shallow, phony uh, operation. And it, it, it really reflects on him personally. This is not just, you know, the handlers not getting it right or some other, you know, PR phony Washington line. This illustrates and illuminates who Biden is as a human being. Well, Chris Farrell, are you being the resident uh, country music fan and critic, uh, what, do you, what do you make of this sort of uh, grassroots um, popularity for this song, which nobody saw coming? He speaks an unspoken truth, and it's well known uh, across you know, what uh, the bi-coastal elite consider to be flyover country, and it is those rich men north of Richmond um, there's an entire industry, right? There's a military-industrial complex. There's the government complex. Uh, Washington doesn't make or do anything. It simply kind of barters and sells influence. And they rearrange. So he's referring to Washingtonians here, north of Richmond. That's who undoubtedly, mm -hmm. undoubtedly, it's the entire D.C. metroplex, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's the lobbyists. It's members of Congress. It's the defense contractors. It's the alphabet superintelligence agencies. Uh, somehow they always prosper. Somehow they always do well for themselves. And there's a whole bunch of people in the country who kind of, they know what's going on in this little zone that we're sitting in. And uh, this guy's had the talent and the smarts to be able to express it in a way that a whole, many, 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 many Americans identify with. And uh, that's why it carries as much influence and weight as it has. And that's why it's skyrocketed. Well. Shout out Patriot J, Benny Johnson, Big Bongino, Alex Jones, free my dogs and lock up the radical left's gone crazy. I don't bail, I don't bail, I won't see inside a cell. Shout out Thugger, free my slime, slat, slat, YSL. They tryna lock me up, but I'm plugged in in ATL. Got homies doing life in jail, they living in hell. These DAs acting silly, my mugshot is worth a billy. So some merchant made a milli, shot me milli out in Philly. Shot the baby, shot the salsa, Benny Butcher, them my rollers. Called me racist, but these rappers riding with me, them my soldiers. Mega, 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 I am not who they are after, I'm just in the way they want to get to you but i won't let them cold-hearted no i'm martyrs getting back to where i started i don't need to do the race i'ma beat them rico charges and if i go to prison you can't do me like the clintons i'll be laid up eating steak with secret service chilling screaming orange man bad the whole world mad thug life shout out all of my mega base sheds coming for the deep state i will stop the new world order but before that i'll finish walls at the border YSL, slash, slash, shout out Thugger. Finny got nothing on us. I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. But you special, man. You reached out, and you touched it by the heart. What have I done? Well, that music signifies we gotta move on now to the box office movie results for August 25th through the 27th, 2023. 
And uh, we're going to go backwards from uh, 10 to 1. So, here we go. Number 10 this week is Haunted Mansion with $2,100,000. It's down 30%. Overall, domestically, the movie's brought in $62 million. Eh, still haven't seen it. I, I, you know, I'm going to check it out, but I haven't seen it. Number nine, The Hill, which just debuted at $2 million, uh, $2,515,000 to be exact. That's all it's brought in domestically. Number eight, Retribution, which is also new this week. That brought in $3,348,000. Again, Brandy to uh to the scene, so that's all domestic on that. Number seven this week was number five last week, and this is the movie Strays brought in a, a cool four million six hundred and fifty thousand domestically so far. It's brought in sixteen million dollars. And let's see, number six, holding at number six, it was number six last week, is number six this week, the movie Meg 2, The Trench, brought in $5,100,000, and so far domestically has brought in $74,432,000, and it's holding on a number six. Number five this week, which was number four last week, the animated Seth Rogen-led Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And it's brought in an, another cool 6100000 Domestically, the movie sitting now at 98143 which means it's close to the $100 million mark. And that's uh, for an anime that, you know, it's not from a well-known studio. It's with uh, Seth Rogen uh, behind the scenes. So that is pretty good. for, uh, And it just further shows you how this property, with you know, this Ninja Turtles property... Is so strong that you can put anything on it, it's going to make money. So, there you go. Number uh, five, dropping down from number four. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Number four this week was number three last week, Oppenheimer. The movie that is going to be going down as not only Chris, one of Christopher Nolan's uh, best work, but... Probably, I think it's already there, or it's soon going to be there as the top grossing movie ever to not reach number one. Amazing. That's because it had a ton of competition, but still, $9 million, uh, this week, and it's at $300 million domestically. Okay? Now, remember what I just said. The number one movie ever to not reach number one. Right now, domestically, it's at $300 million. Internationally, it's at $477 million. 
he does well outside of here. And so far, the global total is 777 million. Whoa, that's kind of spooky. 777, that's the global total as of right now for the weekend. Of course, that's going to go up. Uh, it still has a good chance at 800 million, maybe a little bit more than that. Folks, that's a blockbuster and never went number one. Amazing. Now, let's see, number three this week, which was number one last week for several weeks, is Blue. Well, actually, it wasn't number one for several weeks, but it was, it was number one. Blue Beetle, which Warner Brothers officially labeled as uh, yeah, a flop, brought in 12 million. 765,000, bringing its uh, domestic total to 46,308,000. And uh, that's not good. It's on the second week of release. That's really bad numbers, guys. Now, unless this thing has, like, incredible legs, I'm, I'm talking about, like, it does ten million a weekend, at least for the next like five weekends. Um, this is a, a really bad disaster. They need to, I think, turn at least four hundred million worldwide, just you know, just to break even on Blue Beetle. And I think right now the worldwide numbers. Let me look it up here. It's at. 81 million. So they're a little bit off. Just a, a little behind. It's brought in 46 million domestically and 35 million international. Uh, so it's not doing well at all. Blue Beetle is still in theaters, but I know they're opening up the streaming now because how bad it's doing. You know, it's a, another Warner Brothers flop, and I, I blame it all on James Gunn. I really do. I think he he's destroyed the Warner Brothers' uh, chances on that and the Flash being bigger at the box office with uh, everything he pulled. I mean, he really did. Now, number two this week, which was number two last week, the Juggernaut, which I never saw this coming, but it, it actually was pretty good, too. I, I recently saw it. Barbie. That's right, I saw it. Barbie brought in another 17,100,000. That's right, 17,000,000. And it's on its uh, sixth week, folks. It's brought in domestically 594 million dollars. Let that sink in internationally. $745 million. Let that sink in. Worldwide, when you combine that, we're looking at a billion three hundred and forty million dollars. You know what you could do with a billion three? Incredible. The power of a toy. How that movie's making so much money. I don't know if anybody even thought that was possible, but it did it. 
And it, you know, it took down Blue Beetle, which was number one last week, and Barbie was number two last week. And now Barbie is holding strong at number two this week, while Blue Beetle slipped to number three. So there you go. The power of the toy. They're both toys, but one didn't have a gun going at its head like Blue Beetle did. Anyway, number one this week is uh, another new one. Gran Turismo brought in $17,300,000. That's the total domestic numbers on this one. Is, uh, of course, like I said, brand new to the scene. Gran Turismo based on the unbelievable, inspiring true story of a team of underdogs a struggling working-class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive who risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. Gran Turismo. So, and by the way, it's rated PG-13. There you go, that's my voiceover guy uh, voice there. So there you go, uh, folks. That's the top 10 box office for the weekend of August 25th through the 27th, 2023. Again, number 10, Haunted Mansion. 9, The Hill. 8, Retribution. 7, Strays. 6, Meg 2, The Trench. Uh, five, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Four, Oppenheimer. Three, Blue Beetle. Two, Barbie. And number one, Gran Turismo. Which, Sony Pictures, I don't think they put a lot of money in the budget on this. So I don't know how much they're making or not, but. That's the uh, results for the weekend, uh, and there you have it. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, we're wrapping it up for the evening. Uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun. I'm going to do another uh, podcast next week, and I'm going to try to drop it a little sooner so you guys can uh, actually get it probably around 10-ish, you know, especially if I can't do it live. Uh, so I'll be doing that. Again, uh, this is a, a, a somber week because of, you know, what happened with my cousin. And uh, I'll keep updating, you know, that story as it progresses. So I'll keep everybody updated. Um, the rest was just, uh, you know, the Trump stuff was fun. Uh, sadly, he's being, you know, mistreated by the government, but... That rap song, man, that's the number one hit of the year, I think. Uh, you know, until next time, folks, the next podcast, 301, you know, we'll do it again. Uh, in that sense, uh, remember, this is uh, episode 300 and is now officially our 300th episode. That's right. Inside the Jackal's Head has 300 episodes on the SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, everywhere. This show has 300 episodes. 
If you're listening on any of those platforms, uh, remember, uh, subscribe to the show so you can keep up with everything that's going on. If you're watching the uh, video version on YouTube uh, later on, make sure you subscribe to that button and uh, hit the notification uh, bell so you can get notified every time I upload a uh, a new video. And, uh, you know, really... Uh, give me a thumbs up, leave comments, you know, do all that stuff. But very important, uh, everybody who's listening or watching later, check out my uh, website, angelespino.com. Go to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash angelespino. And, you know, I really need your help. Drop whatever you can in there, become an angel investor. Uh, there's other tiers uh, there for you guys to check out. But please, uh, you know, help me out at Angel Espino over on Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. Every little counts. So please help me out. I, uh, I'm, you know, going through my disability right now. I'm fighting for my life and I can't work and um, you know pending my disability case here so I uh, I ask anybody who's listening to please check out the website and uh, do me that solid become an angel investor with this three dollars four bucks five bucks ten bucks whatever you can you know whatever you could spare please do that for me So next time, guys, uh, this is Angel Espino on Inside the Jackal's Head, the podcast. Talk to you next time, next week, Sunday night. Peace.